inspiration. I know, right? All these new newfangled podcasting platforms are, are pretty cool. Well, uh, Crispin, thanks for thanks for being here. Thanks for uh, chatting. I just tweeted it out, so we are officially live on the the Twitterverse. Um, but to start off, why don't you you know go ahead and describe who you are, what you're working on, what synthesis is, um, and then whatever the new product, what you call that, um, what that is, and we'll, we'll go from there. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm Chrisman, uh, Frank. I, uh, I'm, I'm the co-founder and CEO of a company called Synthesis. Um, the beginning of Synthesis was just, uh, me kind of having kids and, and freaking out about their education. And, uh, I got a, the chance to go tour, uh, the school that, uh, Elon had created at SpaceX for his kids and some of the other kids of the rocket engineers, uh, when he went through a similar, uh, freak out, uh, you know, several years ago. And through that, I got to meet the creator of that school. Uh, the teacher that, that Elon had hired. And I thought what they were doing was really amazing. And it kind of, uh, you know, it's based on Elon's first principles approach that, you know, education should be about helping helping the kids learn to solve problems. That too much of education in, in our current system was just learning this tool. Um, like he said, his analogy was like, if you went to a traditional school, they'd give you like a course on wrenches and a course on screwdrivers, et cetera. And he wanted it to be like, give the kids an engine to take apart. And then from that, you can figure out what a wrench is for and what a screwdriver is for. And so Josh is my co-founder now was uh, creating that school and just, just kind of following that approach. And, you know, my, my oldest son was two at the time and I was just blown away by what they were doing at the school. And I felt like I had to get something like that for my kids and, um, you know, fast forward a couple of years, Josh and I become friends and then the, the pandemic hit kind of shut down all the schools, uh, one, and then two sort of showed everybody a window into their child's school. And just, you just had this plummeting confidence in the existing system all of a sudden where people were just kind of desperately looking for something new. And so we started a company, uh, the first product was scaling up a class called synthesis from that school, which is where the kids compete in team games. So they play on a team, they have this complex game, uh, where they have to make really difficult decisions and do that as a team, sort of like, you know, the best part of what we're doing at our jobs, right? So you're working with a team and it's unclear what the answer is and you're trying to figure it out together. And so that was the first product we launched with about three years ago, you know, it grew very rapidly and, you know, got a lot of attention from customers and investors and, and all that. And uh, then uh, about a year ago, um, a team from DARPA reached out and said that they had created the world's first superhuman tutor as part of a DARPA project at the U.S. Navy and wanted to work with us on bringing it to kids. And so that's, uh, you know, that, that's, I imagine, what got your attention today is we just recently launched that. It's, you know, as far as we know, the world's first provably superhuman AI tutor. So their results, which we can go talk about a little later are far in excess of what you would expect if even if you hired like the world's best one-on-one -on -one tutor to come work with you um the, the results from that trial are just just way beyond that and kind of what we've you know hoped for with ai and we believe that era of every kid having their personal ai tutor is uh is very soon to be here and uh yeah we're, we're that's what uh that's that's the new product that we're rolling out now okay so there, there's a, a lot to unpack there um but um Maybe let's start, you know, I think AI is top of everybody's mind. Um, and, you know, I think both of us have talked at length um, in different venues about uh, something called Bloom's Two Sigma Problem or Two Sigma Theorem or whatever you want to call it. Um, do you want to start out by describing what that is and what that means in education? And then 
uh, we're going to get to this, but I think the part that you mentioned that is most interesting to me is not, you know, not reaching, um, not reaching the same level as a human tutor. That's cool because you can drive the cost down and give everybody a, you know, an individualized human tutor. But what's super interesting is doing something better than an, you know, one-on-one tutor. Cause that's been like the, the goal of educate, you know, the, the Holy grail of education for forever has been one-on-one yeah. tutor, but you actually think <laughs> yeah. there's something better than that. So- yeah. The, the data, the data from this, uh, this, this, these DARPA trials indicate that there's, it's potentially, you know, you're able to go far, far better than that. But Bloom's two Sigma to, uh, to back up to that is, uh, by the way, I've had so many conversations about this with like investors and people who work in education technology. And I always start them off like, you know, so, so, you know, Bloom's two Sigma problem. And I'd say like 99% of the time they're like, no, no idea. What is it? And I'm just like, what are, what are you doing? If you're investing in the sector, like, what are you, what are you thinking about if you're not thinking about this? So Bloom's two Sigma is the idea that everyone kind of knows, which is a one-on-one tutor is the best way to learn. It's why, uh, you know, King Philip of Macedon had, had his son, Alexander, who became Alexander the Great tutored by Aristotle. Everybody kind of knows this. Uh, Bloom went and kind of compared tutoring to all the other methods uh, that you could use to try and get better educational outcomes and just found like tutoring is far superior. And it's put a number on it, uh, two sigmas superior, meaning two standard deviations uh, improvement can be made with one-on-one tutoring. You can't get that any other way. Two standard deviations. Yeah, Yeah. I think it's easy to be like, wow, two standard deviations. Is that like you know, 25% better. You, st- you tell me, yeah, if you have a better way to put this, what I say is like two standard deviations is to go from 50th percentile. So, you know, smack middle of the pack to the top, uh, top 2% or is it, is it top 2%? It's top 1.5%. Yeah. So about top yeah, 1%. So it's percentile. like, you're so, going so to the community median college student and now you're going to the Ivy league. Yeah. yeah would, would outperform 98% of students in another class. If, yeah. If, you know, the exact same class, exact same students, one is taught in the traditional classroom. One is taught with one-on-one tutoring. The average student in class one would be 98th percentile in class B, I guess. A, yeah. Reverse A and B. But yeah, it's exactly. a massive, massive difference. And so you can, you can Google this as well. And another thing that's really interesting that what happens is you have the traditional bell curve, right? Where everyone's kind of distributed around a, a median. The Bloom data, it crushes the whole distribution over to the right side. So the top students, the top 1% already, they just get like off the charts. And then the bottom students, you know, the 25th percentile students get all the way up to like now they're top 10% students. So if that's why this is a holy grail of education technology, because if you had something like this and you could roll it out to every kid, just everybody in the world, you know, becomes as smart as like the top 10% and your top, you know, students already are just, just off the charts, incredible. And so it's, I don't know, you know, people who work in education, obviously you named your company uh, after this problem. So, so you're, you're aware uh, of it. At allegedly least. there's, I cannot, I cannot confirm that it was directly named after for trademark slash copyright. It, it, it's a similar name. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a similar flower. name. We can, we can leave you it know. there. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, you're, you're aware of the problem. And I think you talked about this, like, a, a, you know, your company, you're working on, you know, addressing that problem, right? Like, how do we get, you know, one-on-one tutor outcomes for our students? And uh, we're doing the same thing at, uh, you know, the, the lower level grades, like K through 12. Yeah. So, so if you talk to somebody, I mean, Blue to Sigma, you know, that study has been around, it's got to be the most highly referenced study in education for like decades, right? Yeah, um, 1984. 
But if you took somebody 20 years ago and you said, hey, actually, there's a way to have massively better outcomes. It's give every student a one-on-one -on -one tutor. They would say, awesome. That's so outrageously expensive that it doesn't doesn't matter. Um, so again, going yeah. back to, you know, obviously AI changes the economic model of that entirely. Um, so, you know, kind of one layer deep, okay, every student now has a one-on-one -on -one tutor and it's, it, it's, it approaches free. It, it approaches zero cost, uh, in the long run. Um, although I'm sure you guys will have great margins. Um, but <laughs> what, what's even more interesting to me is what you mentioned about going above and beyond that. So talk to me a little bit about that and, and about this, um, you know, this math tutor product. I don't even know if it has a name. Um, we just call it synthesis tutor. Yeah. Synthesis tutor. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tell me what you've seen so far. Well, so, so let me, the, the genesis of this goes back to this DARPA project. So let me kind of tell the story of this, cause this is just, just wild. And it took, took me like a year to kind of fully process this. So we, we launched our, we announced like our last fundraising round with uh, Amjad and Balaji leading that they, they wrote great blog posts, put it out on Twitter like a year ago. And when that happened, uh, you know, we just got like a bunch more attention. Um, and the, the one guy reached out and he was like, I was a computer science student at Stanford. Um, I joined this company, like a secret, like DARPA project, which DARPA, by the way, is like a pool of, it's like secretive, like US government, uh, you know, Pentagon entity that funds moonshot projects. So they funded the internet, uh, early GPS, the first self-driving cars. They, they just, they, they take money and they put it toward people who are doing interesting things and try to get these crazy results. So, uh, this guy told me, you know, I worked on this project. Our goal was to take students in the US Navy for the field of IT and take people with no experience and make them as good as people with 10 years on the job experience. And we were supposed to do it in 16 weeks with the digital tutor, which would be far in excess of these guys probably didn't know about Bloom's Two Sigma, the DARPA guys. So if, if they did, they like they're overshooting it like, you know, extremely. Right. Yeah. And so what they're looking for is, you know, zero standard deviation, zero difference between someone who's trained on the digital tutor, as they called it, the digital tutor, and someone who has 10 years on the job experience, right? That a zero outcome would be amazing. And so they worked on this thing. They spent $100 million on it. It took them, it took them 10 years. And at the end of that, what they found was they got not just zero, but they got a plus four standard deviation improvement for students who were trained on the digital tutor. And so to put that in context, if you take 10,000 people who are untrained in IT, you have, you have them join the Navy, they take the Navy's training, they do the job for 10 years, only one in 10,000 of them would be as good as the average student who is trained on the digital tutor. So basically you take all these kids, train them on the digital tutor for 16 weeks, and they're, they're effectively geniuses, right? So way, way beyond. When you compared them to the standard classroom training that, that, that students got in the Navy, it was eight standard deviations above the norm. <laughs> so it's just completely like off the charts, insane, like basically like you're comparing across species at, at that point. Yeah, your brain's not like eight standard deviations is such, you know, it's like it, it's hard for like that's where it becomes difficult for human minds to like it would be like taking it's not statistical. Average, like, high school golfer and having them be like top three in the PGA tour. Like it's just, it's ridiculous. It's, 
Yeah. And, and it's, you know, these, these are like fairly small sample sizes, but the tests have like a really broad range. So you, you basically just get the idea like, okay, this group of kids on the tutor, like they know it to a degree that's just like extreme, like a categorically different. And one of the funny things about these studies was that they asked the students who did the tutor, they're like, you know, is it a good teacher? And they just go, no, the content's just really easy. Like, I, I didn't think the thing was like very, hmm. very good. Just the content is easy. And you're like, well, if you, if we look at the results, either you're just, all of you are one in 10,000 geniuses. And this is just the most fortunate coincidence ever, or, you know, it is doing something that's really amazing. And so they, they came to us with that. It took me, you know, like a couple months to like wrap my head around it and dig into all the data and, and, you know, do go through the demos myself and actually believe uh, what they were telling me because I was, you, you know, like Bloom's Two Sigma has been around since 1984. People have been trying to create like the AI tutor since then. There's not been any success and people have basically stopped trying. Like if you look at what other companies who, who build like adaptive learning apps claim, yeah, it's like 0.25 standard deviations. Year. There's a 15 year cycle where everything was just like, oh my gosh, we're going to use software and have this personalized, like that was, it was buzzword worthy within education, Yeah, but none of it worked well enough to like, like it didn't work is the fundamental thing. Yeah. It, it's, you know, it worked okay. Like 0.25 standard deviations isn't nothing, but it's not like civilization changing. Right. Yeah. And I, I see this with a lot of the products that are out there now. They're and I, I think this is fundamentally the wrong approach, um, but they're kind of meant to be um, an add-on to a teacher. So they're like a support for a human teacher, which just like doesn't solve the problem, right? You still need a human teacher and it's nice to give them tools, but like one, that, that system just doesn't seem to work. And two, you know, what we observe with the DARPA trials is like, you can just take the teacher completely out of it. Like there's, you can get far better results with no teachers at all. And I don't think anybody believed that before they, started those trials, but, um, you know, seeing, seeing the results, um, you know, I'm a believer and now I've seen it with kids and, uh, you know, we don't have the data like that yet for the kids, but they are engaging with it and you can just see them thinking to a degree that you don't see with other products. And even beyond the, you know, incredulity of whether or not an AI tutor is superior to a human teacher, like this is something that, you know, we experienced pretty significantly their entire the entire education ecosystem is currently built around there's a teacher who does the teaching and then everybody else is sitting in a classroom yeah. listening and yeah. all of the architecture all of the laws everything is based on that and right you know, to the extent that you know there are states that we have to do crazy stuff in because they're like oh who is the teacher you're like yeah it depends sometimes, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so sorry, that was a little bit of a, a tangent, but take me deeper into what you've discovered and what you've seen so far. And then going from there, like, where do you think that leads? Because it's not, it's, it reaches the level of difficult to wrap your mind around what that means in the future. And, you know, like if you were Mark Andreessen sitting there with like Netscape and he's like, yeah, actually there's going to be YouTube 20 years. You, you can't predict. Yeah, uh, I think that's right. But you've probably played that thought experiment out further than most people. Um, but wh where do you think this goes? I, I, I think the same, same as you, like I, every time I try to think about it, I'm like, it just, it's, it's impossible. It's, it's just like a singularity, right? Like what, what, 
what would it be like if, if you know, 75% of the population has 800 math SAT scores? Like, uh, you can just think about this in different areas. Like, what does the political conversation look like when everybody is not only math literate, but, but you know, top 1% of the population, the like what we have, yeah. you know, yeah, like how, do, how does that change, right? I just, I think it's like really, really difficult to say, like, what can we build? What kind of engineering marvels uh, will we build with, with the population that's, that's educated that way? Um, so, so the first order of things yeah. are everybody gets really good at math. That's awesome. You can take the the median student and they're now winning the math Olympics, right? That's yeah. that's incredible. Um, but yeah, it's really different. Like the the second order of that. Okay, now you have it might be twenty years from now. Now you and you probably see this on a shorter time frame than that. Even okay, if you have you know millions of math effectively math not quite math geniuses but like everybody can do math at an incredibly high level what does that do to society what does that do to engineering capabilities what does that do to job markets what is that that's that's really difficult to to wrap your head around yeah it's 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 just another it's like a thing that's going to be added to everybody's skill stack right any anyone you know you'll, you'll be able to get to what the top but like way beyond what the top one percent of the population is today for you know this this is costing right now we're selling it for 350 dollars uh, per year um but I, you know like you said i i mean the cost comes down you know as we as we get more students and the ais continue to get trained and get cheaper and that um so it, it's it's just it's hard to wrap your head around i mean i i, I can't uh i i just can't imagine I, I just think it's um you know it's one of those things where the the effect of that on civilization is is I th I think it's actually what people are saying about like the AI models and like LLMs and that kind of thing. I think it's going to be way more true of humans um, getting trained by AI tutors because our our tutor like we call it an AI tutor, but it's not AI. Like it doesn't do it can't it's not creative, right? Like the way the way that humans are. So it's sort of like you know we have calculators that can do calculations for us, but they can't reason creatively about uh, you know what what they're calculating. And I think that. You know, our, our kind of bet is that there's humans are still going to be doing that creative work and humans trained by these AIs that are specialized in teaching, you know, math, teaching physics, chemistry, et cetera. Uh, that's just going to, you know, I, I think it's like a civilizational level up because it, it's, you know, technology moves the civilization forward. And now you're going to have I don't, 10, 100, 1,000, 10,000 times as many people that can contribute to that. What does that okay. do? Who knows? Yeah, I think you know we could we could spend all day uh, ruminating on you know what the future looks like n years from now. Um, but I'm also interested in like the nitty gritty uh, yeah. as much as you can share of how does this get built? How does it work? What can it do? What can it not do? What does it take to expand and extrapolate its abilities and to you know? Bro reach into other subjects. Yeah. Um, so, so let's go back in, you know, the storyline, some random Stanford DARPA guy reaches out to you and says, Hey, there's this, and you know, we're seeing ridiculous results and you're skeptical. And then you spend a little bit of time with it and they're like, okay, there's actually something here. What do you do from there? Well, you have, you know, some, you have, you have further things that you're skeptical about, right? Like this is, they're 18 year olds in the Navy. Everybody, by the way, first, and I, I did this too, like you overestimate what the, 
maybe 18 year olds are are like so people are like well they're hard working you know, they're, want, they're wanting to get a job they're showing up one yeah. time and stuff and they're they're like quickly disabuse you of that notion right they're like this this isn't like the the top of the population these are people they're in the navy for like you know they didn't like have mit or the navy uh to choose from right and but still you have that like well they are adults right they're 18 years old and they they do have like they do have to be there or they're, they're going to get a discharge so um the question is like are, are kids going to be able to interact with this in the same way and are they going to what what you see we call it like lock-in right so you see the kids use it and you're, you're, you're watching them interact with the tutor and you just see that their eyes are like locked in and they're super engaged. They're facing forward as opposed to when you're in a classroom where the kids are kind of fidgeting and looking all around and they're, they're not really able to focus because it's just like, it's boring, you know, it's not holding their attention. And so the first thing is let's get some demos out and see how the kids are going to react to it. Um, and so we did that. That was, you know, uh, six, six months ago is when we first started, started getting these out. And, you know, right away, you could just see like the kids are, they're, they're just like completely locked into it. And they're, they're talking, they're, they're speaking out loud to it. They're treating it like a person. When you interview them afterward, they're, they're saying he or she, they kind of place their own persona onto it, which is something that we knew had happened from the DARPA, but it was really exciting to see it with kids. I think they kind of get even more into it. Um, and so you saw that and that was really, you know, I put my son down on it, who was, uh, who was eight at the time. And I just saw him like, he's the kind of kid who doesn't, you can't get him to do math for love or money. You know, like he's just, just not interested in it right now. And I put him down in the tutor and he's learning these fractions lessons and he's just locked in for like 45 minutes. And I'm just sitting there like waiting for him to, uh, you know, to like storm off or something, but he's just, he's just into it. And you can start to form some theories about why that is. And it, it really just comes down to, if you watch like a video or something like that, it's someone like talking at you, like lecturing at you, it's just really hard to stay focused for, you know, any length of time. But in a conversation where there's a back and forth and you're expected to respond and someone's just continuing to probe deeper on your thinking the way a one-on-one -on -one tutor does, it's just really so much easier to stay engaged. And so that's what we observed. That was kind of like the first thing. And, you know, we see, we just have incredible ratings from the kids now on, uh, you know, how, how much they love interacting with the tutor and the challenge is building out the, the content, which is the, the second thing that you asked about there. Um, so, so first, that, before, yeah. before we, you know, I, I yeah. think for, for people who have never used an AI tutor before, it's, it's a little bit, you know, let I've used chat GPT and I've asked chat GPT questions, but this yeah, is it. Yeah that right if you're an eight-year-old you're not going to be like hey talk to me about right. multiplication right so help, help me understand the user yeah. experience of what using this uh ai product yeah is. yeah no that, that's a really good point i, th I think the, the the chat gpt one's an interesting place to jump in because you see what people do is they they know about a subject and then they go ask it questions and you know kids are that's that's if, if you hired like Aristotle to tutor your kids, you know, you'd want him to kind of be leading the discussion a little bit, right? Like what, what should you be interested? What could you be interested? Kids aren't going to ask these like sophisticated questions about mathematics that took humans thousands of years to develop, right? It, it, it's just, it's, it's hard to know what questions to ask. And so it is leading. It's, it's, it's saying like, um, you, you, by the way, you can try our, our demo. It's up at synthesis.com slash tutor. It's open to anybody. There's no login required or anything. And it'll teach you uh, binary numbering. If you, uh, you know, whether you know it or not, it'll, it'll walk you through 
you know, the world's kind of best explanation of binary and just, it'll go back and forth with you. So it's constantly probing your understanding. Whereas ChatGPT, if you ask it a question, it might respond with an answer. Our, the tutor is always kind of, it might respond with an answer, but then it's going to ask you like a follow-up question, right? It's, right. it's it, not just going to like tell you the answer. It's leading. Not... It's leading. It's designed to guide you to coming to this, to developing this knowledge on, on your own. The way that a really great tutor does it. A really great tutor doesn't just take your question and then respond with like, here's an explanation. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what I've seen with the GPT attempts at doing a tutor. And even when the student's like, no, I don't get it. They're like, cool, let me explain it in a simpler or different way. And it's like, it, that just, you know, it does, doesn't really work. A, a real tutor, they're, they kind of have a theory of mind and they're forming an opinion. They're forming guesses about what you know and what's in your head and then asking you questions to kind of try to probe deeper on that. And that's, that's what ours does. And, you know, I, I recommend everyone just try it themselves. It's like really hard to describe in words. Um, but, but try it yourself. And another thing that's really different from GPT is it's very visual, right? When you're learning mathematics, we have all these like visual aids and machines that you can play with, uh, to make things kind of more physically intuitive. So it's not just, uh, it's not just text-based there's visual, there's kind of a workspace. Uh, we put things there that the kids can kind of play around with and experiment with, and then the tutor can ask them questions about those. So it's more multimodal than uh than gpt or, or any of the llm uh, type type things got it okay um yes i think for the folks that haven't you know don't just think it's chat gpt but good at math because chat gpt also isn't good at math which doesn't doesn't help yeah yeah the math tutor um, there's, there's so another really important distinction actually which is that they these you know you've seen um like what Khan Academy's approach is, it's to kind of like give a teacher a tutor helper. And we're not doing that. Like this, this we call it like a tutor, but but it will just teach your kids math. Like for my kids there, I don't have plan on having them do anything else for math. Like it's, they're not gonna have a teacher. This is just gonna teach them math from scratch. That's that's the way the DARPA project did it for IT. And, and you know, that, that's what we're gonna do it. It's not like an aid. It's not gonna help you with your homework. It is going to kind of like that scene in the matrix where uh, it kind of reads downloads Kung Fu. That's what it's going to do. It's going to take you from zero all all the way through without, you know, without the need for a teacher at all. Interesting. Um, so when, when you go about building something like this, where do you even start? Like what, and how do you, you know, now I'm shifting gears a little bit to, you know, the founder, like builder side of things. Um, what does it take to have something go from DARPA project, by the way, for, you know, DARPA didn't build anything for kids. It wasn't building a generalized math education. Um, so you have to, you know, there's a decent amount that you have to do in just deciding, not deciding, but what is the, what is it going to teach you? How is it going to teach you? Where is it AI? Where is it hard coded for lack of a better word? Yeah. Um, how, how do you go about doing kind of the product discovery and initial build out of that? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great question. I wish I could, you know, boil that down to any kind of formula at all. The phrase <laughs> that we use at synthesis is conjecture and criticism, which we, we borrowed from the physicist, David Deutsch. And I think that's basically how anything gets created. You have some conjectures about reality, which are just guesses. And then you subject them to the most rigorous criticism. So, 
the best way to do it is in your mind because that's you know free or at least that, that's the the most efficient way to do it is just kind of can we poke holes in this and then you know really the best is like we also say shake the box of reality so how quickly can we get a prototype in front of kids shake no matter the box of reality <laughs> what I, I love that where, where does that come from what i i i can't remember where i heard that um but you know yeah the, the idea is like you've got uh you know the reality is like a box if you don't like the shape of it you know if you want to try to figure out what's going on and you can't really reason through it then just shake it up and see what happens i think elon is really is really great at that right people see what he's doing with twitter <laughs> and there's a lot of criticism of it but it's He's not like, you can tell he's not like sitting around debating things endlessly. He's like, let's ship that feature and then we'll see what happens. And yeah. you know, that's, that's how we try to approach everything. Like we just, we, we, you know, try and reason through it the best we can, but there was no, we are not going to sit in a room and figure out like, well, is this thing going to work with kids? Like the question is like, how quickly can we test that assumption? Right? How, how quickly can we sort of uh, de-risk it? Right. Which I think is just standard kind of startup process and it's it's the hardest thing to just keep everybody I mean, i'm sure you've experienced this as a founder just keep you know because the company grows and it gets more successful and then the, the later people it's kind of like you know they have it like on easy mode and so it's, it's kind of hard to keep that sort of um that energy around like hey test your assumptions like just assume assume that you're wrong and go try to figure it out as quickly as possible by shipping things that's it's you know I don't know. There's not, not really anything more to it than that. That's how DARPA came up with it. And, uh, you know, we looked at the DARPA thing, like they ran the four minute mile. You know, if you know the story of the four minute mile, everyone thought it was impossible. Someone did it. Now I was just looking up on, on uh, Wikipedia. Like I think someone who's like 50 or 60 years old has done a four minute mile now. So it's like, you go from completely impossible to like, you know, retirees can do it uh, in, in a couple of generations. And so we looked at it like that. Like we, well, there's, it's possible to get these results that are just, absolutely astounding can we do it with kids like we don't know but let's let's get started we still don't know for sure but the you know every indication is like it, it, it looks like you know the people who worked at darpa have observed it and they're like yeah this is this is what it looked like for us like you get this crazy engagement and the kids are really thinking and you know if you do it long enough you're, you're going to get those crazy results so we'll see so did you do you I, i'm also interested in this from uh you know person who builds educational products perspective, because like, yeah, I'm, I'm always jealous of the people who just like, they build products and then there's one like monolithic user who comes in and it's like, you know, you're for you, it's probably more extreme where there are kids, right. And they have so many different like proclivities and personalities and things they do like, and don't like, and not to mention, you know, what is their background knowledge coming in? Do yeah. they, you know, how do, right. how do you test this? Do you just grab a handful of beta kids and throw them in and watch it and see what happens pretty much? Started my, my kids are like always the guinea pigs. So yeah, you start, start with my kids and then the people in the company and you kind of subject them to the earliest, crappiest version that you're too embarrassed to show my kids to a real customer. So many random educational products and apps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I just know there's no rhyme or reason to that. I, I do think that the, you know, every kid having their different interests, I think is like a little bit of a, it's a little bit of like a red herring. Like when, when you're teaching math, it's the math is like inherently interesting. You don't, it's not that useful to connect it to star Wars or, or, or baseball 
or something like that. We find that that doesn't really matter that much. It makes the problem like insanely more complex. And, you know, we, we just kind of find that like good explanations are, are good explanations. They're, they're you know, more, more or less universal. I'm sure there's like some, you know, more personalization we could do that, but I think that's like really negligible effect as, as far as I can tell versus like, yeah. And it's done so badly, right? School kids are used to it. If they go to school or do anything else, they're used to like, you have this really boring, inherently uninteresting thing. And then they put like a star Wars character on it to try to get you. They know, they, they know that that's BS. Right. And so they learn to see through it. Like kids are, kids are pretty sharp about that kind of thing. So I just think that's like a dead end that a lot of people, yeah, I, I just think people haven't thought it through if they think just like connecting it randomly to the kid's interest is going to help them learn math or computer science. Like, I don't, I don't think that's totally true. Interesting. Yeah. So the, I heard somebody talk about an interesting experiment that they ran where they, uh, I'm not going to say who or what this was. Um, I hope I'm not revealing anything too secret, but they basically said, all right, we're going to take the common core curriculum and rewrite the entire thing using AI in the context of Taylor Swift, right? Because there's this one student who's really struggling. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's interesting, but it it does feel hacky, uh, you know, at, at some at some point. Like it's it's difficult to like if you can get the kid actually interested in the math because math is interesting. You know, that's an even higher order than like, Hey, we'll take whatever your interests are and rewrite a curriculum around that specific thing. Um, so yeah, which, which it is, you know, you can, you can make connections to those, to those things, but the, if, if the student's not finding, finding the subject inherently interesting, it's just, it's like an uphill battle, you know, it's like you're, what are you going to do? Like give them, give them candy and, you know, hope that they, that, that gets them interested in it. It's, it's just like, it, it's just not, it's just a dead end. It's like a really, you know, it, it's an, it's, we've tried it. We've been trying it for years. You put all kinds of bells and whistles and cute characters on the apps. And, uh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to be working, right? Like you need just like at the end of the day, like good, we, a good tutor, they, they do all this, right? They, a good tutor does this really well. So just focus on the problem of how do you get, you know, that, that really great tutor, their, their personality and the way that they teach into the computer so that we can ship it to everybody. And, you know, that, that's what we focus on. We think like the, characters and relating it to Taylor Swift is like not, I don't think like a really great tutor is that's not necessary. Right. And just overcomplicates things. Right. Um, and yeah, I know it's, it's super early. The, there's going to be a small N all of the asterisks around, um, what you're seeing so far apply, but what are you seeing so far? Um, in the actual, you know, it, it's probably really early to, you know, hang up a mission accomplished banner or to, uh, <laughs> to say we've produced yeah. outcomes, but, uh, yeah. what is the, what does the early data look like? Um, the main thing we're focused on is like the kids love it. So that's been like the biggest shock kind of like right out the gate. Sorry. Is that, is that just anecdotally you talk to all the kids and they say, we love it. Oh yeah, we have like NPS, uh, data, data and that sort of thing. We have, we put like a video up on our, on my Twitter um, a couple weeks ago, which shows kind of the uh, sort of like extreme reactions. Like we asked them like on one to 10, you know, how, uh, you know, how, how much do you want to use this again? 
and the answers are just like one of the kid, kids was like, I would rather freeze to death in Antarctica than, than learn math any other way than with this tutor. And you, you just get tons of stuff like that. So we're yeah, not at the stage that yet where we're like, our NPS is 63. <laughs> so, so yeah. Like, well, I would cut my if, arm off to retain. Yeah. And you, you get a lot of these, these, those kind of comments and it's like that. And you see the retention is really, is really great. So the kids are, and I've seen this with my own kids. It's like, if I get them to do this, the regular like homeschool curriculum, um, it's a fight. Like my, my seven-year-old who's quite good at math actually, but he will do the thing where you're like, okay, let's go do, you know, 20 minutes of math work. And he like goes limp and like lays on the floor and like, you know, pretends like he's dead, uh, in order to avoid it. Whereas when I'm like, okay, we're going to go do the synthesis tutor. He's like, okay, cool. And then he'll sit there for like half an hour, 45 minutes, like really focused. And so that's like the first kind of, if you're doing consumer education product, the parents are not going to fight with their kids to make them go do this extra thing that they don't want to do. Like that's going to kill you dead in the water. And so I don't need another. Yeah. I like, I just, it it needs to be like, I tell them to do it and, and they do it or they're asking me for to do it, which we see a lot of that as well, which is like just shocking to us that the kids would be asking to do more math tutoring. Um, but, but, you know, we see that like pretty consistently. And uh, so that's like the first level where it's still way too early to get the the data on like, you know, the, the number of standard deviations improvement we're getting. But we do see that like, if the kids will do it, that's like obviously the first step. And then just, is there, is there like enough content there that they can go through or we can do, we can, uh, you know, standardize it to like a maps test or PISA tests, which are used for the international rankings, or I, I really want to just like focus on the SAT. So I think like get your kid in at eight years old. And if they do this for a couple of years, they're going to get pretty close to getting 800 on the math SAT. And that opens up a lot for them in life. And, you know, I, I think it's totally possible and it's not going to be like backbreaking. You have to send them to some uh, math camp that they really hate going to, or just sit over them with workbooks. Like, I, th- I think that's really critical that the kids are enjoying it. No, and it won't take 10 years either, right? Like if you got you got an eight-year-old who wants to spend a couple hours a day with a math tutor, they're going to crush the same amount of time being spent in a, you know, normal classroom. It's not even, it's not a fair fight. Yeah. Yeah. That was, you know, my previous job, I went around to like a lot of classrooms um, to kind of like observe. And my, my guess was that about 15 minutes of learning happens in a week. I've since seen data that indicates I underestimate a little bit that it's, it's more like 37 and a half minutes. Like if you spend, 37 and a half minutes actually learning in, in a week, then that's like equivalent to uh, school's performance. But you know, it, it's, that's kind of one of the things like a homeschooler is like, I don't want to be, have my kids do like an hour of math class per day, like in order to keep up. Right. Like I, I, I want them to do less of that so they can, I want the results. Like I want them to just know it, but I'm not interested in like having them, you know, butt in seat hour after hour. They can learn about it in six months. Great. Like, you know, then we can go on and do other stuff. Yeah, that's um, so. We started homeschooling our kids um, a few months ago, so we you know we don't even oh. have a full year. Um, but that's one of the things that's been most surprising to me. Um, you know, my my wife's doing most of the heavy lifting, um, but the the amount of time that stuff takes is just a tiny fraction of yeah. you know when I think back on my you know. I went to a standard public school, you know, yeah, sure same, no mm-hmm. different than 99% of public schools in the U S I, I I'm sure <laughs> Delta's, but, um, 
I don't know exactly what the multiple is, but they get the same amount of learning in 15 minutes that I would get in a couple hours, like very yeah. legitimately. Um, yeah. you, you mentioned uh, in your job before this, actually, um, so, you know, initiative disclosure, I'm a tiny investor in synthesis, um, but I didn't know, what, what did you do before synthesis? I was, uh, I was the first engineer at Class Dojo, which is a, a EdTech uh, unicorn company. Okay. Yeah. So Class Dojo, you're running around and trying to measure all that stuff. And okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that Class Dojo made a free app for teachers that teacher to help teachers kind of stay in touch with parents. And so it's used in tons of classrooms. I just kind of went observing, trying to find out the problems. And I was, you know, just horrified. One interesting thing was that every teacher who had let us come to the classroom was trying to get a job. Like they were just trying to get out of the classroom. And that, that's, uh, you know, that's more pronounced. Like we're just seeing this incredible decay of the education system. The teachers want out of it. You know, the families are trying to get out of it, like like your family. And uh, I, I, this is like one of the things that uh, is, is I think just obvious to me. But but you know, I'm sure you probably went through this with uh, with Bloom as well, where you're you're like you're taking on this thing that just seems like this is the way it's going to be forever, and it can't possibly change. Like you're going to have to go to college and get a four year degree to get like a good job and people, although they want to, they say that they're interested in like disruptive things. Like it's like, well, not that disruptive. Like this is, this is <laughs> yeah. like, you know, the background, like this is like the water that, that we, like, the work on that we outside breathe. of my mental model and like, you know, move the needle a little bit, but like, yes, you can't, like you can't, you can't disrupt, you can't affect the core thing. Right. 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 Like right. Uh, it, yeah, exactly. I experience that. And so I, I just think that that's wrong, that I, I think this education system that we have is, is uh, you know, is at its like halfway point and is just going to decline from here. Like we've, we've had this kind of Prussian industrial education model uh, for like about 100 years and it's just the cracks are everywhere and it's just not clear that it, it can be fixed at all. Like I, I, I haven't heard anybody have like a clear plan for how this could possibly be turned around. And I think the parents like us are just going to turn to, you know, the, the internet, right? Like we, we buy products from Amazon, everything. We're just so incredibly well served by the internet that like when you have kids at a certain age and you're like, well, I need them to, you know, and they need socialization and all these things that are like in person as well. But like when I want to actually make them smarter and, and focus on what they're learning, I, I think that people are going to, I think there's going to be a huge part of the population that's going to turn to the internet so that they can get the best in the world. And, you know, I, I, a lot of people disagree with me on that, but I, I just think that's, I cannot imagine a hundred years from now that we have the same kind of style education. Like we, humanity will come to an end if that's the case. So we got to do something to fix it. So are you, that, that's the other interesting thing about where synthesis is positioned um, because it is effectively a B2C product, right? Your, your median user is an end user and their parents are paying for access mm -hmm. to whatever. And therefore I would imagine on average, all of synthesis's products are used outside of a class as like an extracurricular outside of a classroom thing. Right. Um, and so you probably run into some, like you, you have to be, and you, you can't just like, easily swap out a chunk of a kid's day um, until theoretically you have the whole thing, you, you have the whole enchilada to replace. So you have to be interesting enough that kids want to do it outside of school or, you know, it's, right. um, 
or parents are willing to uh, pay for it outside of school. Have you done anything in terms of partnerships or kind of a B to B to C or are there any other models that are interesting or is it, is that too much work and um, and it's best to just go direct? There's, there's a lot that's interesting there. We, we've suffered from the problem of, of too much demand for our, for our whole, our whole lives and uh, trying to, you know, scale, uh, you know, build, build the scale into the products to like satisfy the demand. So we haven't been, super aggressive about the partnership. So that sort of thing yet, but I, I imagine there's, there's a couple, the, the tutor is, is like really interesting because it's like a direct shot at the existing system. Whereas mm-hmm. like our, our team games is like, that's, it's hard to imagine how it's like a state government right? is going to want to want to pay for that. Yeah. Um, right. And even, even at the, you know, school that my co-founder created with Elon, that was like something that came after you had one-on-one tutors from Caltech coming and teaching all the kids math and science at like a really high level, right? That's right. When, that's what you just, it's like everything in humanity, like you get this, the core stuff solved, and then you can open up for more, more interesting things to add on to that. Um, and so but the tutor is really interesting because you can imagine where we get the data, then it's like, uh, you go to, uh, you know, governor DeSantis in Florida, and you're like, do you want to be the top of the international rankings on the math table? Like just buy this for every kid in Florida for like one, one, uh, one, you know, price per kid. Um, so I think that's, that's potentially there. And there's uh, we've had a bunch of corporations reach out as like an employee benefit. They want to give this to their employees with kids. Um, so I think there's a lot of interesting avenues there, but we just haven't, we've just been in the mode of like, try to, you know, satisfy, uh, you know, kind of having like wait lists and stuff like that because we can't let everybody in who wants to do it. Right. And then, and then you have a breadth versus depth question as well. Like is your approach, okay, we're just going to totally take over so you know you could mm. you say, okay, we're gonna take third grade and we're gonna replace the entirety of third grade with AI tutors, or you could say, okay, we're gonna do math. We already have these math rails. We're gonna do math for K through twelve or whatever the equivalent is, and then we're gonna go yeah. on to yeah. How, how do you how do you grow and expand, and how do you strategically know what to do next? Yeah, that's that's a great question. This is something we thought a lot about. Like third grade is just like a just it's a social construct, right? Like there's no such thing in somebody's <laughs> mind, you know, it's like third grade math. There's just math. And so I, it, well, for your parents, yeah. it very much is right. Like, I've yeah, seen, yeah, sure. I've seen so many education companies be like, or even school alternative schools be like, yeah, there is no such thing as like third grade. And then two years later you turn around and they're like, yeah, so you're in level three. And you're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think unbundling that from the age is, is, um, you know, right. is a really interesting thing. And I, that's like pretty, I'd say like standard on like upper middle yeah. class parents now, like it's, it's not the way everything works, but it's not, it's not so crazy to think like the kids aren't totally separated by grade. Um, but I think math is like overlapping so much that it makes sense to just take this as like a, like, like a vertical and math is the, every single person in the world needs to learn math. It's done very poorly. Um, most people either they just think they're not interested in it or think that they're really bad at it um in a way where like reading is the other thing literacy is like really big but generally if people you know if you love your kids and and read to them uh they're going to learn how to read and be able to go read books on their own that's the way they're going to improve that whereas math that's not the case like that's you know it's something where you still need like an expert teacher like your wife i imagine if she's homeschooling if she's like mine 
she's like, Ugh, like how, I don't want to teach kids math. Like, you know, how do I, <laughs> I don't want to sit there with them and do workbooks. I don't want to have like fights about it. You know, Very I just, I so. want to like delegate that. Yeah. Right. Where she might really love reading books to them and getting them interested in books and talking about that and that kind of thing. So I think, I think that makes a sense, makes most sense. It's just the biggest market in K-12 by far. And it's, you know, we had, we're fortunate enough to be in this position where, you know, we have something that is, you know, despite it being like a pretty mature market, we have something that's just way above and beyond uh, whatever else is out there, you know, received by kids and by parents that way. Uh, so start there. And then, then it, it, like you were asking, like, you know, how, how do things change when you get this out there? Well, it, it, I just think people have, they can learn way more, right? Like if you're learning what you learn in school and it's taking 15 minutes a, a week instead of five hours a week, then like, well, why don't you know, just learn physics and, and learn chemistry and learn complex systems and learn about markets and economics. Like just, you have this time in your life where you're free to kind of learn and explore. So let's build out like the basics of everything and let kids really explore that. And just, uh, you know, get to a level of knowledge that, you know, people like us who wasted so many years in the public school system just can't even imagine. So that, that's ultimately what we want to build. Math is like the starting point, tip of the spear. That's the other fascinating thing about, you know, now that I spend a lot of time around people who are, you know, doing various educational experiments. And to be quite frank, uh, I spend more time now than I did for around people who have a lot of money and have all the resources they want. I'm starting to see the earliest stages of you know people who like four or five years ago started saying, okay, you know what, instead of putting my kid in public school, I'm just going to have private tutors for everything. And mm -hmm. they're going to come over to the house every day. And <laughs> the, these parents are starting to run into issues where it's like, okay, my kid is 12 um, by, you know, he's going to ace the GED this year, he's probably going to ace the SAT next year. He speaks three languages. Um, and he, you know, starting to like trade penny stocks and like, and he's 13. Right. <laughs> and, and like, yeah. Um, an interesting conundrum where society is not meant to like, you know, you always have those kids that go to MIT or whatever when they're, you know, 16, but like, yes society is not prepared for kids to be adept six years faster than expected, you know? And so there's going to yeah. be a, I mean, the best problem to have ever, but what are kids going to do when they're already, when they've crushed what used to be a 12 year school system in six years and they've aced it? What, what next, you know? And that's uh, like, it, yeah. We're, it, it, this is a historically anomalous period, right? Like we used to enter the adult world. 14, 15, 16, right? In, in, in some way. Um, and now we, it's like 22, but that's historically not the case, right? If you could look like Benjamin Franklin is one, he's like, he was working, you know, you work, you could enter industry and work at like the lowest levels. And then you've got, you know, years of, of advantage or you could go travel or, you know, I don't know what people are going to do. It's, it is like, it's going to be this like looming problem. I mean, we just hired our first uh, synthesis student who graduated the program where it was, you know, we know, that he, that he's brilliant and the college is going to be a waste of time. So let's, let's hire him. You get, get an early look at the market. Like it, it works out well for us. We don't have any requirement, like you need a college degree. So I, I think that, you know, startups at least will benefit more initially people who are willing to kind of break the rules and, uh, and look past, uh, someone, someone's age, but yeah, it's, it's fascinating, right? Because you 
our education system, it's just the standards are so low that you don't even want to use it as a basis of comparison, because like what you mentioned of what is possible uh, when kids get that, get that tutoring and, and uh, you know, more effective ways of learning. Yeah. When you actually look at the data of like, it's kind of depressing when you look at like the, you know, I think the average American is like, yeah, look, public schools are like, you know, there's some roughness around the edges, but Hey, it's so glad that we have public schools, which, and not, not just public schools too. Right. It's not, it's not a like public versus private dichotomy thing. It's just schools in yeah. general. The, the bottom 40%, 50% even of educational outcomes are so bad. Like, frankly, the only reason we're graduating probably half of high school students is because what else are you going to do, you know, like yeah. push them through the system. But it's, yeah, that's one of the things I think that is lost a little bit in Silicon Valley where somehow everybody you talk to considers themselves a gifted child, even if they weren't, <laughs> <laughs> you just lose sight to what, normal is and how much improvement there is to be made. I mean, and you're, what you're talking about isn't, you know, taking normal and making it okay. It's taking normal and making it like absolutely incredible. So that's, that's really awesome. Yeah. And it's, it's like this, um, I forget where I heard this, but there's this idea like rich people, they don't get better stuff. They get weirder stuff. And I think, uh, you know, the examples like the iPhone, right? Like, you know, you and I and Jeff Bezos and Elon all have the same iPhone. That's amazing. I I, I want to build that, you know, for the with with the tutor. Like I think we're gonna like the people who are really wealthy and can have a private tutor come over to their house. It's just gonna be weirder, but it's not gonna be better. And I, I think I already feel that way. If you try our demo, like on binary, if you hire, we had like a PhD uh, in mathematics from Princeton University. Um, and he's got 20 years of teaching experience. He's got a huge following. He goes and teaches math all over the world because he's so, he's so great at it, right? He's, he's, if you were going to, you know, be a billionaire and hire a private tutor for your kids, he's the number one guy. And he'll tell you like the tutor synthesis tutor is better than having me, right? It, it's infinitely patient. It always says the right things. It's got these visual aids. It's, you can't do better than that. And like, what's that's the goal of technology, right, is to get something that was like previously just like super expensive and unattainable and then, you know, make it available to everybody and, and see what happens. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that's a that's a great way to uh, to wrap up. But man, thank you for uh, and you mentioned the URL before, but give us the where people can go to learn more about this to get their kids uh, signed up um, or for some adults. I am actually <laughs> I can imagine that they're would be adult usage. If I look at the map scores of math, you yeah. know, I think you're, what's your target age range relative? It's, to it's, I'd say it's like perfect, perfect for like age seven to nine or, or, or 10 um, right now, but you know, rapidly kind of expanding. So, we, you know, move the, by the end of the year, we should have it like pretty solid through like age, age 11, you know, like, and we target like top 10%. So if you're a top 10% kid at age 11, then, you know, you're, you're not going to find it too, uh, too remedial for you. Okay. So you're, you're right down the strike zone for my brother-in-law right now. And <laughs> just kidding. Um, kind of, um, <laughs> not his kids, uh, your, your brother-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> no, it'll be 
interesting to see what adult adoption is like over time. Um, cause I, I can't, I don't know anybody who's like, nah, I got all the math that I needed and I understood all of it. And I wouldn't spend a little bit of time to like, like the, the, the percentage of Americans that feel like they are, they missed some percentage of their math education. Oh yeah. Has to be approaching a hundred. So yeah, uh, anyway. you, know, you, you asked about this earlier, like what's the effect on civilization? I think one thing for me where I, I became an engineer, like after college, I didn't major in engineering or anything, but learning software engineering and hearing kind of like the buzzwords, like the, um, like law, uh, like, Oh, no, big O notation. And then understanding what that means and just realizing like, Oh, I can just learn anything. Even if it's hard, learning that hard stuff makes you when people try to put one over on you and they're like oh you know you can't understand this it's science if you know the math then you can be like well why don't you know try me right because i I think i can understand it i think that's like a really interesting implication for civilization when kids are like no i I think i can understand it because you know i understand multi-variable calculus by the time i was 14 so i think i can probably understand whatever you're talking about so why don't you explain it to me i think that's like a really powerful thing i do very distinctly remember the time when I was trying to do something. It was like, you know, forever ago, trying to do something dumb and it's probably CSS or, you know, something not super complicated and being like, oh, I wish I could do that. Like, we're an engineer and being like, wait, maybe I'm just going to try and I'm going to Google it and you figure it out. And it's, oh, it's not that hard. And like that, for some reason, that was like such a big mental barrier for me to overcome. Like, yeah, it's out the difference between, I'm an engineer and I'm not an engineer is just a self-described title and willingness to like Google and like trial stuff. And, yeah. you know, of course there's, you know, you have to layer knowledge on top of other knowledge, but like that, that mindset is so pervasive and we, we have to like beat it out of people be like, okay, look, you mean at, oh. at, at, uh, at your company at bloom? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. For, uh, for us too, the kids, they, like you say, like for some reason, it's like, well, for some reason, you go through the schooling process, which teaches you, you know, that there, there's that, you know, it kind of teaches you this like intellectual learned helplessness. Right. And I think it, like removing that as a barrier for people is, uh, you know, that that's a huge deal. So you guys are doing it at, at Bloom. Right. And we, we've hired some of your students, uh, by the way, that are, that are actually working on this and, uh, you know, they're great. And, uh, you know, they have that, that attitude that they'll just go, go learn things and figure it out. And, uh, you know, we hope to do that for kids at, at an even younger age. I love that. Awesome. Well, thanks so much uh, for spending the time. Um, give us that URL uh, one more time yeah. and then synthesis, we'll wait. just synthesis.com. Awesome. And then we'll uh, wait for stuff to upload and uh, th- thanks for being with us. Cool. Thanks. Awesome.